Hi. You are listening to Talk Crooked, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject while enjoying adult beverages. My name is Kay. And I'm Carrie. Pause this. Go get your shot. Let's go. One, two, three, go. Oh, that was warm. Ugh. 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 That was warm. That was warm. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Are you going to throw up? Thought I was for a minute, but no, I'm good. Well, somebody had to have a phone conversation right before we did this, so... (laughs) Sorry. Those have been sitting there for a while with a space heater in the room, so that wasn't great, but... I felt bad. I called her earlier when I, like, burst out into tears. Oh, I gotcha. So she was checking on me to make sure I was still okay. Oh, God. I didn't want to, like, be like, no, fuck you. (laughs) That was shot number two tonight, too, and we just had pumpkin spice mug cakes, and then I don't recommend that as a precursor to a tequila shot. Those those no. flavors don't go well together. <laughs> but we had to do it for the cause. Yeah, we you guys. <laughs> Alright, so this is the second episode that we're recording tonight. So, yeah. that and, happened. But it's going to be a real fun episode. Yeah, this one's going to so be fun. Last week was a little bit heavy, so um, this week we decided we'd be we we do something just kind of fun, uh, nothing to do with Christmas even, but no. just it's important. a shopping seasoning season. Yeah. So seasoning, wow, seasonin'. it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> um, all right, so you want to just jump in? Yeah, let's, let's jump just in. jump in. All right, so <coughs> <coughs> yep, it's um it's stuck in my throat. That's what she Mine said. Too. Okay. So, um, been watching a lot of The Office. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Or he said. Or he said. <laughs> Do you remember yes. that episode? <laughs> That's the gay witch hunt episode, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Oh, What's Lord. Gaydar? Oh, Gaydar. I think they have it at Sharper Image. Sharper Image. <laughs> Let me just find it. Oh, they're all sold out. All right, so this week, uh, we thought we'd take a fun little turn, and we are going to talk about women's clothing. Because the amount of times I've cried in a dressing room is unreal. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm not the only person. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The amount of time that I've spent obsessing over a look or, you know, anything like that, which isn't a bad thing, but Mm -hmm. it's just a fun, it's, it's, it's fun sometimes to take a detour and really take a look in the mirror and remember what's really important and also to really take a look at how, at the role that our fashion has played in our society, especially as a social issue here. So yeah, um, I really don't recommend the tequila shot with the mug cake. Yeah, that was a really bad idea. That's a weird flavor combination. Yeah. My stomach isn't happy. I now have heartburn. <laughs> oh, no. Do you need a Tums? I might need two okay, or three. Okay, <laughs> I music. <laughs> we were getting in so quick, too. I, I just know that I will throw up. Huh? I said I know I will throw up if I don't have, like, a... Something to. Oh, that fell. Oh, that fell. I don't know what that was. Here. Thank you. Do your best. Okay. Josh will meet him later, too. Jeez. Because <laughs> apparently he's getting tanked tonight. <laughs> 
All right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Quick detour. Um, all right. So, um, in my travels mm-hmm. about the internet, mm-hmm. uh, last night, I was trying to think of what the <laughs> fancy way was to say that. Yes, um, year. Yes, sure. <laughs> in <laughs> yester evening, <laughs> um, so I was uh, researching because I, you know me, I like to find find fun and weird shit, and we'll get to a fun list of weird shit that has been a fashion statement. Yes, um, of course. Who would <laughs> I be if I didn't bring that to the table? But I did. We're stumble. getting a full like crooked news episode. I know, and you know excited. what? I was gonna do this. That's that's why I was excited that this was a thing because I already had this this article saved for a crooked news and then yeah. i was like oh this is perfect for an episode yeah so i'm excited that we get to do that but i also found this really beautifully written article um by an asp- that was written by an aspiring um uh, costume designer on uh bellatory.com slash fashion industry slash blah 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 so um i found this and i thought it was really eloquent and it really um brought some things into perspective as far as like the the social aspect mm-hmm. of it which of course the rest of it has social aspects of it too and um there's a lot of things like you know how like women are said to be like fainty and um frail and all of that stuff a yeah. lot of that had to do with being laced into corsets and yeah, a lot of that fucking tight on yeah purpose. and a lot of that had to just a lot of that had to do with the fashions of the day and the things that the contraptions that men invented to then Suppress us, basically, because women couldn't be fashion designers. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's just. Have you ever heard about the how like Chinese women used to have to like squeeze oh, into shoes? We'll that- get there. Yay! We'll get there because I have some beef. Oh yeah, with it's, the people that did that to them. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. I did not include pictures. Good. <laughs> <laughs> because I, d- I saw pictures and it's mm. real bad. I um, no. it's real bad. Next I know it's like a whole cultural like, thing. I'm sorry yeah. if that makes me sound culturally insensitive. It's real bad. And real bad. even the brief description I have of it is a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. So let's just jump into this okay. real, real quick. And then we'll get to the really fun stuff. But okay. I thought that this was really cool and full of a lot of good meat and potatoes. So, okay. um, <laughs> meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. Again, I did not write any of this. Um, this was written by Bridget. She has no last name listed on her um Maybe it's just thing. like Fergie. I mean, maybe. So um, <laughs> so this is from an article that she wrote for Bellatory.com called Slaves to Fashion, A Brief History and Analysis of Women's Fashion in America. And this was a really long article. I only pulled the introduction okay. part. Um, so, and it was brilliantly written. So Yeah, that's how a few of mine were. Yeah. Um, so she says, I'm an aspiring costume designer with a passion for creative writing, history, and feminism. And I was like, preach, girl, and let's be best friends. So... Um, <laughs> She wrote it a while ago, but it has been updated. Okay. So, this year, actually. Um, awesome. November 21st was when oh. it was last updated, actually. So, um, okay. So, the first bit is called American Women's His- Fashion History. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just, like, starting with the basics. Mm-hmm. So, clothes make the man, as the old adage goes. A well-tailored suit tells a very different story than torn jeans and a sweatshirt. But both stories are vital when trying to understand the evolution of fashion and the impact it has made. Oh. 
but one you should wear to an interview and one you should not. Yes. Um, <laughs> sorry, I interjected that. Um, okay, so regardless of whether or not we like it, fashion has played an intrinsic role in shaping society. Mm-hmm. It is a way to understand the world and those who came before us. For instance, different fashion trends are the marker of status as well as a window into attitudes towards gender roles, sexuality, and body image. This is so cool. Sorry, just going to pause for a second. It's okay. I love that she started with that. Yeah. Because as someone who's been in the entertainment industry for her entire life, mm-hmm. and especially as she's a, the our author here is an aspiring fashion designer, not fashion designer, costume designer. Mm-hmm. That means she's wanting to do this for theater and for movies and things like that. Yeah. When you delve back into other cultures it's important to make sure you get all of that right because period pieces and things like that, it's, you can't slack on any of that because that all is a part of the story delving into it. It's like when we study literature, literature, English majors and history majors are always at odds because literate people who are, are English majors love to look at literature and fiction and what was being imagined by people and to, to discover what that means for the culture. You find the values yeah. of the culture there. You find the fascinations, the worships, the, you know, the worships, <laughs> the things they, they coveted, you know, yeah. all of that stuff can be found and analyzed and distilled from fiction mm-hmm. that was written in that time. A lot can also be said from history majors for, you know, the pottery and the, you know, the laws and all that kind of stuff as well. So it's all important, of course. Mm-hmm. But I love that she's looking, taking fashion mm-hmm. and looking at what that shows about our society. Because anyone can tell you. I mean, look at the 80s. It was an indulgent time. Yeah. It was an ex- a time of... Look at of the hair. Faux extravagance. Yeah. Look, the hair, the makeup, the glitz, the glitter, the glam, the everything. You know, it was And it was so, also like the deadliest decade ever. It was. That's what I'm saying. It's such an overindulgent culture. And it's starting to resurge because of our president. And, you know... That kind of decadent, over-the-top kind of thing is starting to come back. Mm-hmm. The 90s are starting to creep back, which means the 80s aren't that far behind. And you we also, like... So, we just have to make sure we look at ourselves. Sorry, continue. I made this point earlier, like, in our Crooked News that we just recorded. Um, so, Friday's Crooked News yeah, that Friday. was just happened. <laughs> yeah, Friday's Crooked News. We are just now getting to a point in our society, again, where we have bounced back from the recession of mm-hmm. 2009. Yeah. We are just now getting to a point where we're okay spending money again. Mm-hmm. Indulging and, in things like, yeah. and subscriptions to things and so that self-care. And, yeah. yeah. That indulgent culture makes it so much sense that it's coming back mm-hmm. because, like, you know, even though from the Great Depression it took 50 years to get to that indulgent culture, that recession was not nearly as bad as the Great Depression. We're also experiencing a resurgence in the 80s stuff because the 80s babies... My generation mm-hmm. is now they're now we're now the people in charge. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so we all are feeling that nostalgia and we want to bring back Ghostbusters. We want to mm-hmm. bring back it. We want to yeah. bring back Pac-Man. We want to, you know, like Ready Player One just came out. That mm-hmm. whole f- story takes place in a futuristic time where someone who grew up in the 80s developed this video game console 
set apart set in this mission or whatever to find such and such so you can inherit his fortune and so then everyone started researching everything about him and so it brought about this resurgence of 80s culture because everyone was like oh my god all this stuff is awesome yeah you know so it's just it's so cool to take an aspect of a culture and study that and really see peel all those layers of the onion and see what it really says about our society mm-hmm. our, our our fashion right now is trending t- more towards unisex things yeah which is kind of cool i mean not to say that you can't be gendered and wear something that's more feminine you know what i mean mm-hmm. but it's like it's a skirt why does it have to be in the women's section it's mm-hmm. just a fucking skirt nothing yeah. needs to be separated it's not i buy men's to- shirts yeah all of my flannels are men's shirts because they fit me better and they're actually fucking warm they're not just plaid shirts that are masquerading as a flannel that I then have to buy a sweater to put on top of and a coat. Yeah. And my pants have pockets mm-hmm. for fuck's sake. I, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. That's a whole other conspiracy theory. <laughs> um, but anyway, I digress. Mm-hmm. Okay. So clothes may make the man, but they make the woman as well. Mm-hmm. In fact, clothes often molded her and constricted her into a form that she may not have wanted for herself. Clothes have empowered her and encouraged her to achieve her own sense of autonomy. Mm-hmm. They have objectified her and reduced her into nothing more than a trinket at which men can stare. They have given her power and a taste of what she is capable of doing. Think about when we had, this is again just me talking, think about when we had a turn of the century and women started working because all the men were at war. Mm-hmm. Women were starting to wear pants. Mm-hmm. With pockets. Because they needed to. They were because in business. Because they weren't laying on a couch doing needlework all day. Yeah. It was actually illegal at one point for women to wear pants. That doesn't Did you know surprise that? me. I think I knew that. But like... I, There's a whole dollop about it and yeah. it's amazing. But uh, w- there, there, it was actually illegal for women to wear pants at one point in time. Wow. So... The fact that when that resurgence came about in the 20s, 30s, 40s, which is, again, what you start to see Mm -hmm. in Downton, you see the fashion shift so quickly. And Mm -hmm. all of season one, you see them literally lounging on a chaise lounge and like just taking tea and doing their needlepoint and reading and Mm -hmm. writing their poetry, sketching, things like that. Yeah. Maybe going for a walk, but they're not doing anything really Mm -hmm. like i mean you know they're doing things but they're not setting out a list and accomplishing things i guess is the point and then you know the more when things shift and then all of the women have to have jobs at one point and then you the war's over and everyone wants it to go back to normal and all of these women are like but i know what it's like to have a purpose yeah i know what it's like to be able to walk around and garden and get dirty and do my own shit Mm mm-hmm I'm not going to wear a dress every, and heels every day anymore. Yeah, no, that's you know what I mean? Sunday morning stuff. Exactly. It's it's so interesting the way fashion can inform our culture like that. I just yeah. find it fascinating. So, okay. So, I, a little um, bit more of this. and then, Sorry, continue. A quick story. Okay. When I was in high school, um, I had... I went into a public high school from having been in a private school. Yeah. My eighth grade class was a split class between seventh and eighth graders. That was four people. Oh, shit. I didn't... It's not that I didn't know bullying, but I was a little further removed from it than I had been because 
the other person in my class was my best friend. Um, she was the other eighth grader. Her stepbrother was one of the seventh graders, and our friend was the other seventh grader. I went into high school, and it was completely different. Wow. Um, I Culture shock. Jeez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, I had a very, like, I had a very set style. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, I was comfortable, and when I was comfortable, I felt my best. Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot of times I would wear jeans and a sweatshirt because I was comfortable and I felt pretty. Nice. I felt pretty for me. Yeah. I made a quote-unquote friend um, in <laughs> my health class. And we would sit together and she would shit talk America all the time. She was from Russia and she always talked about how Russia was so much better than America. And I'm sorry. Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, okay, you believe how you want to believe, but this is where I was born and this is where I grew up. I'm not shitting on Russia all the time. How about you not shit on mm. where I'm living? Yeah. Uh, but one day I remember. That's so, super rude. Yeah. Jeez. I re- one day I In remember, Soviet Russia, we do not get to pick our pencils. Yeah. There is one pencil. Everyone <laughs> used the same. It is better. <laughs> <laughs> we do not have to make all these decisions all the time. <laughs> it is better. It is better. Sorry. That's super rude. <laughs> it's okay. I, I love those jokes, though. They're so funny. <laughs> she, um, one day she told me, she said, you're not pretty because you don't try. Jesus Christ. That's like my friend in seventh grade said something similar to me. We were doing karaoke, and mm-hmm. she said, you know, I really don't like your voice. I had someone tell me that, too. So, mm-hmm. I never went out for choir, never had voice lessons. Of course, my, it was in seventh grade. No one's voice is mature in seventh grade. Yeah, no. So, I inhibited yeah. an entire third of my life and could have gone on to do much more, <laughs> gone a whole other path than my life has taken now, which, not that's to say that I don't like where my life is, but, yeah. you know, I... It could have been so different. Yeah, my life could be so different right now if I hadn't let that person... One, if she had kept her fucking mouth shut. Mm-hmm. And number two, if I hadn't given her that power over me. Exactly. We need to teach all of our kids not to let anyone's words have any effect on you. And... Well, okay. Well, like... That's I very mean, so, hard. But... Because sticks and stones may break my bones, but words never hurt me is exactly. bullshit. Yeah, but, but also, like, teach your kids not to be an asshole. You can't... Yeah. And also, I mean, it, it's more of a not giving other people control. Yeah kind of situation like Mm -hmm. my dad always has that thing i feel like i've said this before but my dad has always said like when when something like makes you angry it's like you're giving that control over your day Mm -hmm. so it's like so you can choose to let you let that make you angry and ruin your day or you can feel it let yourself feel angry for like 10 seconds because we should acknowledge that you know your our, our emotions are valid yeah but also we can't let it rule us yeah no so it's about living not in your st- circumstance, not being a person of circumstance, but being a person of choice. Yeah. So. You, like, you don't want to ignore it. Like, like Carrie said, you don't want to ignore it to the point that you explode. No. Um, <laughs> don't repress. But, but let yourself That's feel That's dangerous. We have an entire episode about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So it's just, it, it's interesting how many 
tangents we could go on. Oh, for sure. This this, it's so it's so many faceted. And to be honest with you, we'll probably revisit another facet of this. Mm -hmm. But because I'm sure this will, you might want to pull up your the list actually, so (laughs) that we can add to this as we go. But um, okay, so let's let's dive into the next facet of this. So let's talk about colonial women's fashion and family and practicality. Okay. Just to touch on a little bit more of this, because like I said. I'm going to revisit this article because mm-hmm. this is just brilliantly written. Okay. <clears throat> and there's just so many things. It's just so cool. It's all stuff that we all knew, but it's great to see it put in words. You know yes. what I'm saying? It's, it's, that always feels it's so, so validating. Yeah. So, um, all right. So back to Bridget. So when discussing the impact of anything on a nation's history, the most logical place to start is at the beginning. Yes. Let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Sorry. Sound of Music, if you were wondering. I think that's in your binder. I've I've watched it. It's been forever since I've Mm. watched it, but I love the songs from it. When you read, you begin with... A, B, C. Sorry. (laughs) When you sing, you begin with Do, Re, Mi. Sorry. (laughs) All right. My voice is not in great shape right now. Sorry. I should not good, I should not be singing. That's the best I've sounded in weeks. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> the weather is very negatively affecting my vocal cords and I need a steamer. All right. <laughs> so, not the kind that Kay can burn herself on, but, you know, a voice steamer. <laughs> is, your, is your hand okay? Yeah. Sometimes that I didn't... look at it and it looks... Just a tad bit different from the other, <laughs> and I'm always reminded of what a fucking idiot I am. <laughs> did we tell that story? Oh, I think we did. We told the story. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cannot fucking believe. And it wasn't. was happening i burned my dominant hand why was i even holding it with my non-dominant i hand? don't know honey that was so weird there are so many questions <laughs> i have for myself that i can't answer you were very sleep deprived okay <laughs> so let's do let's let's start at the beginning shall we yes okay i'm <laughs> getting very drunk okay so There are, of course, centuries prior to European colonization in which Native American tribes developed methods and modes for dressing themselves that varied, um, that are varied, sorry, I was like, that doesn't make sense, sorry, that are varied and intriguing on their own, but they have little to do with modern modes of fashion as we know them today, Mm -hmm. sadly, because we, you know, killed them. Um, so, well, not us personally but you know uh white people so uh (laughs) the focus will instead Mm -hmm. turn toward fashion modes of european settlers okay uh specifically those that hailed from england yep for whom the new world held promises of freedom from religious persecution and a bright future potentially full of riches though despite the prospect of a shining new future colonists carried over a few societal norms from their home that remained firmly in place in their new settlements. Which What's makes up? sense. Because, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just... Oh. Okay. I'm twitchy. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry. That I mean, that makes sense. Because, like, 
you wouldn't move to California and just stop Kentucky traditions because you moved. I mean, maybe, just maybe made, not. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, if you grew up a UK fan, if you moved to another state, you wouldn't get rid of it. I mean, yeah, yeah. it makes sense. You're you're moving to get to a, um, escape persecution, not to get away from your entire culture. Yeah. So, okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Gender relations, for instance. Mm-hmm. No one's surprised. No. Reflected that of the roles established in the motherland. New England women were expected to maintain order in the household by caring for children and acting as the moral compass by which to follow, preparing meals as well as performing other household chores. It actually surprises me that it hailed from that because, I mean, they weren't based on the Bible. They were based on, like, Roman tradition, weren't Mm -hmm. they? Um... Uh, this is just me wildly speculating. I I'm not sure. Take, it certainly wasn't Greek. I didn't take like a deep world um, history class, but like, well, I know they there's were a, the Celts. Things, things were a lot more equal before the Roman invasion. So I guess, yeah. Okay. Definitely. Uh, society was, uh, generally based around romans and then vikings invaded of course as well and so which is also predominantly male and um so yeah traditional gender roles definitely did not spring up natively from england but Mm -hmm. but from their invaders okay yes if that's where you're going with that yeah so i mean there's just so much and then it persisted it it, i mean and it's so multifaceted because it definitely persisted from a religious standpoint and it persisted Mm -hmm. it's particularly old roman catholicism and yeah all of that kind of stuff and just there a a lot of things the evolution of that of gender norms is a whole other topic (laughs) (laughs) that you could do an entire podcast on (laughs) yes and write books and textbooks and do entire documentaries Mm -hmm. and movies on so uh, that's a whole other thread to pull at. It always, like, just gets me so interested, like, finding these norms and figuring out where they came from. I know, it's fascinating, isn't it's, it? Yeah, especially, like, when you've had all these different invasions, and you're like, where did that one where particular did it thing... start? Where did that yeah, thread who start? who brought that here? Yeah, like, you've got your serial killer board up full of red thread, and you're yeah. like, let's follow... Where did this come from? Let's trace this back. Oh shit! Here are all oh, these other crimes. Right here, here are other oh, in those. Look like, the ripples. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It's mm-hmm. crazy how that affects our entire society today. Like, yeah. who knew that our entire society would be trying to come back from the actions of a few? Yeah, isn't that insane? Yeah. Um. Okay. So, but listen to that job list. I'm gonna read that sentence one more time. Okay. <sighs> Because this job list plus work full-time is what's still expected of us today. Yep. So, New England women were expected to maintain order in the household by caring for children and acting as a moral compass by which to follow, preparing meals as well as performing other household chores. Despite her numerous responsibilities and power in the home, a woman was always expected to be subordinate and obedient to her husband mm-hmm. and then we all threw up in the trash can and when it's written in the bible it's not written to be taken the way it's been taken today honestly it's 
when you look at it from but the language the language is not great is not great no because it's wives submit to your husbands and husbands love your wives well it's it's not that exactly well i'm paraphrasing but that's basically the wording it's and the connotation it's wives submit to your husbands husbands submit to jesus in the same way that your wife is submitting to you the wife is supposed to follow in the men's footsteps and how he worships god and it's it's more of a partnership when you look at it certain ways i've listened in on many marriage um retreats at church because i used to like serve tables at church for people Mm -hmm. that went to marriage retreats and so i've heard a lot of different takes on it it's the language is not good no it's not great (laughs) it's not but like it's not well written (laughs) it's not and i'm gonna say also that it probably didn't translate yeah no because we have to always remember just for a quick little christianity detour Mm -hmm. we always have to remember that that was translated from another language for which a lot of things don't translate into english yes so the direct translation isn't always the best and it was also translated by people who had um agendas but it was when it was originally written it was meant hey you submit to your you submit to your husband in like faith and like love it's not submit to your husband he makes you do all this different shit it's submit to your husband he's going to love you in the in the same way that he submits to god like the same way that he loves god this is also in a time when it was legal to beat your wife and all well, kinds of things like we just have to look at it in historical context yes. because i don't think women were educated in this time either yeah, and no. so yeah you kind of had to look for to your husband so like let's just i'm just saying it doesn't scooch it over yeah i'm just saying it doesn't have to be taken that way it does That's not <laughs> I know it's not great. It, the problem is that it's taken literally and it shouldn't yeah. be. Exactly. Like And it's used we, incorrectly yeah. a lot. We we can so, agree on that. Yeah. But like it's not I also so, am married to a man who sometimes tells me that I should just blindly trust him and not ask him questions about no. things. N- no, 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 that's not okay. As, okay, no. Yeah. Let me give it context. <laughs> as in I've asked him to do something. Mm-hmm. It still hasn't been done. Mm-hmm. I ask again. I'm going to do it. Why can't you just trust me that I'm going to get it done? That's because different- it's not done. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> And also, like, when he starts to do a project, and I'm getting better at it, it's just my anxiety, mm-hmm. and we just, we're, we're growing to understand each other better, you yeah. know, it's just, marriage is a constant learning to understand each other, and he, he'll start a project, and then I'll say, well, what if you did it this way? Have you, sh- have you thought about doing it this way? Well, what about that? And he's like, can you just trust that I've looked it up, mm-hmm. please? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> no, honey. It's my house too. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but if it's going to cost us another 200 bucks to undo what you've done, <laughs> I have fair. to make sure. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. both sides are valid. Yeah. But anyway, so I, that and was, I was just me being funny. I was so. not saying that like 
men should be able to beat their wives or anything oh like no that. i know i'm just saying yeah, we no. have to also take things into historical context yeah and look at the whole picture because mm-hmm. like i said women were not educated so yeah you probably had to look to your husband for a lot of things mm-hmm. that's not the case now yeah now exactly. it's a team mm-hmm. so if the bible was written today it would be different mm-hmm. with a lot of things like that i think you know yeah. as far as as far as things go and it was all also written and it by was men translated by men yeah so okay mm-hmm. families were ideally little commonwealths with the father taking the role of a monarch while the rest of his family acted as his subjects that's not great long live the king Mm-hmm. Uh, the general belief here being that a successfully run home would facilitate a successful society. Fair. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Especially we were in a monarchist society at this time. So, I mean, fair. Mm-hmm. Truly. And it's interesting how then being in a monarchist society then translates into a, into a family dynamic because we're in a democratic society that came from a monarchist society mm-hmm. and we're still trying to make it democratic in the home. Yeah. And we've been democratic for how many hundreds of years? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we're, we're moving towards it being a democratic relationship, but it's still very autonomous and it's still very much a war. And I really mm-hmm. feel like that's why a lot of people have marriage issues is because it's like, no, me first, no, me first, no, me first. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be a team. Yeah. Just a sidebar for a second. Okay. Again. All right. So uh, let's dive right back in and then we'll get to some funny stuff. Okay. okay. All right, so New Englanders had an understanding that men's and women's characters were defined by a specific set of distinct yet complementary traits. Hmm. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) To spew rage out of your ears and nose. (laughs) And everything in between. I don't know about all that. Are you ready? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Women... Mm-hmm. were overly sexual, disorderly, and prone to hysteria and the lures of evil. But their positive traits included cheerfulness, tenderness, and a capacity to be sympathetic and passionate. You're getting mad at them for the very same things you're accusing them of. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fun? Those aren't, were the same list. Aren't double standards great? Yeah. <laughs> I twitch. <laughs> Yeah, it's all fine. It's all fine. Uh, since since it was a woman's task to keep her family thriving in this unexplored wilderness, such virtues were nothing more than an expectation rather than reality. Their clothing, like their societal, societal ideals, reflected a simplified version of what was fashionable in England at the time. Their clothing was designed for practicality in a harsh new wilderness rather than style. Yeah. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Fabric was hand woven to ensure durability, and most er- and most early New Englanders only owned a few garments in their entire lifetimes. Oh wow! Only saving their best for special occasions and ch- church services. So this is also when everything was adjustable too. Yeah. So like, you had one corset, or you had one of this and one of that, or you had like two or three dresses, and then like if you gained weight or lost weight, you could adjust it mm-hmm. to like fit you. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. If you grew, there were hymns that you could pull out. Okay. All that yeah. kind of stuff, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Which then became a fashion statement of like, oh, yeah, it's so cute to have the three little hymns at the bottom of your dress. Yay! You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like elbow patches. You mm-hmm. know, elbow patches came from World War One, World War Two, or World War One. So they started sewing pa- leather patches in because they would wear out their... Um, 
they would wear out the elbows of their jackets or whatever and they couldn't afford to get new ones so they would sew mm-hmm. elbow patches on and now it's a fashion statement yeah like many jeans. many things isn't it so cool yeah so um and then employers always get mad you can't wear holy jeans <laughs> well they've got patches they've got patches so it's a fashion statement for world war one <laughs> all right so they were no strangers to an array of colors, despite what the general stereotypical image of a New England pilgrim may lead one to believe. On the contrary, the stereotypical somber appearance of colonists did not appear until the colonies began to thrive. In a prosperous and in- wait, in a prosperous environment, people were now able to turn their attention to such frivolities as fashion to display their wealth and comfort. As a response to such brazen and apparently immoral displays of refinery, Puritans attempted to enforce laws that fuck brought the sim- Puritans. Right? Oh, they fucked. Um, they did fuck, but <laughs> also fuck, fuck them. But fuck them. Oh, they'd be happy to. Uh, <laughs> they attempted to, inf- but they'd be really upset about it, too. Yeah. Uh, Puritans attempted to enforce laws that brought simplicity to an extreme by eliminating any sort of decorative feature, leading to a distinctive style to call their own. So I just thought that was really cool to see, like, a quick little brief history of our colonists and things like that. And to give a quick little, you know, hey, gender roles and all of that stuff. So let's do some fun stuff. No. Do you need coffee? I'm just mad. You're just I mad. I don't like the Puritans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just mad. <laughs> all right. So this is from allthingsinteresting.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is about women, women's fashion and its cruel, its incredibly cruel history. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So I did not write this, but, um, there, and there is no author that's um, posted, but it was published July 22nd, 2013, and updated February 9th, 2018. Okay. So, current things. Um, and again, the uh, title of the episode is Women's Fashion and Its Cruel, its Incredibly Cruel History. Okay? Okay. All right. And these will all be linked in absolutely. our sources. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. I still need to post the ones from this week's episode it's okay. and last crooked news. But it's okay. It'll have to be no after finals. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, we're not going to be sued this week, so. Yeah. <laughs> Until we have more than 20 listeners. Okay. <laughs> so, when one thinks of uncomfortable women's, women's fashion, what is the first thing that you think of? Corsets. Corsets! And then those fucking ball gowns. Oh, we'll get there. Wire things. Yeah, oh yeah, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. All right, so corsets. Originally developed in ancient Greece, which I did not know. No. I thought ancient Greece was all about togas and wearing sheets and things, but whatever, apparently not. So apparently they were originally developed in ancient Greece, um, um, in which women wore laced body braces that were tightened about the waist in order to create the illusion of an hourglass figure, Um, which is what, of course, it is, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, for several centuries, women pushed the limits of osteological strength, <laughs> attempting to shrink their waists. Osteological? Bones. Okay. Okay. Attempting to shrink their waists to an ideal 16 inches. Some giving <laughs> us... Yeah, I know, right? 
some getting as small as 14. Oh. There was a serious consequence to repeated use of the corset that is as yeah, horrifying. Yeah, oh, it's bad. That is as horrifying as it is obvious. If the wearer didn't simply shatter her ribcage in the process, the woman potentially faced suffocation in the name yeah. of fashion. So did anyone see Pirates of the Caribbean? Yep. You know when she falls off the fucking, like battlements or whatever because she can't fucking breathe yep she almost died that shit has stuck with me since i saw that when i was a kid so bad i love that movie i do Um, too but it stuck with me yeah it's (laughs) terrifying um and it's real it's honestly one of the only period movies i've ever seen that really showed like the dangers of a corset you know, mm-hmm. and s- showed a woman being s- truly, like, really uncomfortable yeah. in it and being like, oh, my God, like, she's getting laced up and she's like, <gasps> yeah, you know, that that is the part that has stuck with yeah. me until now. And then she's like, I can't breathe. And yeah, it's so good. That and ever after. <laughs> I cannot breathe as it is. <laughs> if one cannot breathe, one cannot eat. <laughs> take off the corset for oh it's Thanksgiving. so good it's so good <laughs> of course not mother i'm only here for the food oh love that movie love that movie <laughs> probably seen it 200 times okay uh da, da, da. lost my place hang on um the 14 her rib cage oh my god jeez yeah. that's no. so terrifying yeah that's not worth it no um okay so, um, also, as a corset-donning female made her corset tighter, tighter, mm-hmm. I'm drunk, made her corset tighter, she was basically herniating her intestines into the rest of her lower abdomen. No, nope. no. Nope. A nope. female impersonator even died on stage due to the unbearable stresses of the corset. So, a dude playing a woman died on stage because of his corset. Yeah, women weren't allowed to act in plays for no, a very weren't. long time. Nope. In a so- Shakespeare in love, everyone. Okay. Uh-huh. In a society that demands a physically impossible standard of beauty, and still does, um, it is an unfortunate reality that will somet- that some will push their limits beyond the breaking point. However, in the quest for an hourglass figure, the corset may have been the safer option over the alternative. Are you ready? Oh, God. You ready? Yeah. All right. So this is what you said a second ago. So -hmm. number two, paneers, crinolines, and various deadly hoop skirts. Oh, deadly hoop skirts. That don't surprise me. It's not not for the reasons you think. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. For those who identify the corset as a torture device, a somehow deadlier shortcut to an hourglass figure was available in the scaffolded hoop skirt. In hindsight, the slow death of the corset might have been favorable to the many drownings and immolations reported co- reportedly caused by the gargantuan waist umbrellas. So we know what these are, right? Yeah. So these are the things they would put these big old hoops under their skirts so that it looked like your skirt was full, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of thing. Okay. It was just very long. Right. And it was poofy it it poofed it out so it looked like you were wearing a billion petticoats yeah when which would have been very expensive and very heavy mm-hmm. but really it was just a big old hoop yeah 
I don't even know how they fucking sat in those things. It was crazy. They were usually like made of wood and I don't even understand. Whatever. Uh, we'll get to an even crazier one here in a second. So, um, uh, okay. So due to the material required, the act of making one was expensive enough, but that's, so that's because they had to bend wood, which is very difficult Yikes! uh, to make a hoop. Um, getting into it was no easy task either. Oh yeah. No. All right. Are you ready for a clip from a newspaper? Yes. From Le Time. <laughs> Le past. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. I told them we already have one. I told them we've already got one. Okay. <laughs> so, a crinol- crinoline forbidden. The inconveniences of crinoline have been found so great in the Staffordshire potteries that the principal manufacturers have forbidden the use of crinolines on their premises during the hours of work. In one shop alone, the losses by breakage of articles swept down by them amounted to 200 pounds a year. The workshops <laughs> the workshops became too small and the work was impeded. The workwomen have submitted to the change with almost an entire <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the workwomen <laughs> The workwomen have submitted to the change with almost entire unanimity, un- unanimity, sorry, and goodwill, and now enter upon their work in garments like those of Greek statues. Oh my god. <laughs> they were knocking things over <laughs> because you're not aware, because your body's not that big. These things were fucking huge, oh, you yeah. guys. They were so big. You're... The amount of space that you took up as one person was so big that, and you weren't aware because your spatial reckoning, yeah, like your, yeah. your your spatial reasoning and things like that, it, it's outside of your realm of like control of what your brain can control. Yeah, because and that's so, all you've ever known. Yeah, so you would like turn and like knock over everything. Yeah, <laughs> me, that would be me. Their hips exaggerated. Women sporting the wooden skirts had a tendency to knock over candles and gas lamps, lighting their garments ablaze. Others were swept off piers by strong gusts because they were basically wearing giant umbrellas. Yeah. Oh my God. That's fucking hilarious. Right? Inevitably drowning under the weight of their steel wrung, highly absorbent dresses. Oh. Right? It's insane. It's insane. Oh my god. In a tragically I love when he pulls her out of the water by the way. <laughs> and they're like trying to revive her and she he just says nope and cuts her corset off and then she's like <laughs> and and they, they're like oh I never would have thought of that and he goes clearly you've never been to Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, oh. In a tragically avoidable freak accident, the crinoline was responsible for the deaths of thousands when the panicked attendees of a Chilean church clogged the only exit with... <laughs> they clogged the only exit with steel reinforced hoop skirts. Oh no! <laughs> no one could get out the door because everyone's dresses were so big. And they couldn't get through because it was a hoop. It wasn't material you could push aside. Yeah. 
It would be different if it was like wire. Oh, it's so ridiculous. But if it's fucking wood, it's wood and, and steel. steel. Yeah. Like the court. And oh my God, imagine the weight of all of that. Like the weight I of everyone's sins. I can't, right? <laughs> um, the Like the corset, the hoop skirt would remain fashionable for centuries until the 1920s. When changing gender roles would popularize the straight chemise of the f- groundbreaking flappers. Wow. Isn't that insane? That's crazy. I remember always wanting to wear one when I was a little girl mm-hmm. because I thought it would be they so They look so cool. fun. Yeah. And then you read this and I never thought of it being like a blowing hazard of like yeah. the wind blowing you off of things. Is he married to a kite? Right? <laughs> <laughs> the thought of a woman just walking through her house knocking over flaming <laughs> flaming devices and then she's like oh dear and then she's burned the house down and then can't get out the door because her skirt is too big <laughs> like oh lord all right next this one is weird oh no okay cruel f- women's fashion number three fontenage big hair is hardly a recent development in fashion. But... Have you looked at old pictures of presidents and judges? Oh, yes. That's exactly where we're headed. Yay. But the heights to which people would go in order to achieve a sufficiently voluminous coif have taken some ridiculous and even fatal turns. Did you just say queef? Coif. (laughs) Coif is hair. Coif. Queef is not the same. (laughs) But I can see where you would go there. Um, originally donned by Louis XIV of France to cover his baldness. His Overcompensating. Because he had syphilis. Uh, his <laughs> wig-wearing sycophantic court introduced the self-conscious induced fashion to the masses. So this is totally like Alice in Wonderland where she has a big head, you know? Uh-huh. And then her whole court has like weird big noses that they are wearing oh and yeah like weird big ears and shit like that to try to make her feel comfortable and it became a fashion statement and wonderland oh my God. yeah same thing so because powdering and maintaining wigs were both time and wallet consuming activities mm-hmm. powdered wigs quickly became a status symbol across europe only the rich mm-hmm. worn by only the richest and most important citizens it would probably still be popular today. That is, if one if wearing one hadn't been a one-way ticket to the guillotine during the French Revolution. Ooh. Because they killed all the rich people. Yeah. There didn't need to be a social unrest, however, for the big wig to get anyone killed. <laughs> Disgraced aristocrats and high-reaching peasants would often wash their wigs less stringently, resulting in the perfect breeding grounds for plague-carrying rats and fleas. Nope. Yep. No. Yep. No. Yep. Mm-mm. Isn't that fun? No. Mm-mm. Nope. Isn't that crazy, though? How a fashion statement can cause the widespread of disease. Isn't that insane? That's gross. The, uh, but but think about <laughs> but think yeah, about that ripple effect right now. I know. What did that mean for society that all of the people in power died? died. 
Isn't that crazy? That's no. What does that mean for a culture? That's insane. That is a new world. It's insane. Yeah. Insane. Talk about a revolution. Yeah. I just can't. Like, I'm still, like, feeling the ripples of time and space right now. That's insane. (laughs) It's insane. Okay. The female varieties of the powdered wig were usually done up and decorated with jewelry and and ribbons, dubbed... Uh, they were dubbed the wigs fontange. Since candles were still the only form of artificial light, ladies with particularly extravagant fontange would light their heads on fire, sometimes too proud to remove their status symbols as the fire consumed their very skulls. Oh my god. If you want to see a particularly ridiculous one, please watch Marie Antoinette with Kirsten Dunst. There are some very high wigs in that movie. And and it's amazing. And some beautiful Macrons. Wow. All right. This is a weird one that I did not know about. Okay. We're going to go medieval. Okay. For a second. Okay. Okay. Hairless faces. We've all seen these paintings and thought, what? Okay. There are many arbitrary customs regarding hair across cultures, from acceptable beard types on men to smooth legs on women. Hellbent on finding ways to distinguish themselves from lower classes, rich women would spend hours every day removing eyebrows, eyelashes, and even their hairlines. No. So those paintings you see of women with like the really big foreheads, you know? Yeah. So they like shaved it back and they removed all of this. I don't like it. Which is why people look, women look featureless a lot in some of those paintings. It's really weird. Why Um, would they do that? I mean, you see that in a lot of medieval art actually too. Like women with no eyebrows and no one seems to have eyelashes and stuff. Didn't think it was a real fashion trend. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. They were plucking all their hair out. Why? Why do we pluck our eyebrows? Why do I mean? Why do we put mascara on? Like I, well, mean, I it's, mean, it's that's different it's, than taking off all your hair. It's not. The Egyptians used to shave their entire bodies and then wear wigs and draw it all on with makeup. Like oh, yeah. This is all reminding me. Have you ever heard how they like did baths back then? did baths yeah tell me they they didn't actually take baths because water was precious like Mm -hmm. clean drinking water is precious so the rich would have these powder baths and like their servants would powder them up with like perfumes and Mm -hmm. literal powder Mm -hmm. and then they'd have like this gross like Build thick up. layer of powder and perfume that was just nasty, but they kept doing it every day so that they would smell nice. And it was just, it was so weird. I had great history uh, when I was younger. Yeah, it was like caked on. I believe these it. People. Yeah. I believe it. Like sweat and all that other And then junk. I'm sure that became something desirable. Yeah. In that culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gross. Yuck. Okay. 1200s Britain. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. 
Um, okay. Oh, God. 1200s Britain. I would mm-hmm. never want to go there. Okay. So, somehow this standard of beauty continued for centuries. Starting around the fall of Rome and all the way to the Elizabethan era. Think about pictures you've seen of Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. That wig doesn't start till back here. Yeah. And she don't have eyebrows. I mean, I guess you're right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> At least it made wearing those wigs a bit easier. (laughs) It may seem like an outrageously uncomfortable standard for women to endure for around a thousand years, but the only other fashion trend to last that long has an exponentially darker history. Oh, no. Are you ready? No. Lotus shoes. Foot binding is one of the most notorious fashion up. trends. I know. You brought it up. Why did I bring it up? What? I mean, it was here already. Whether you brought it up or not, <laughs> we were going to talk about it. So, uh, one of the most notorious fashion trends from any culture in any era. For over a millennium, Chinese families would repeatedly break and fold the feet of their infant daughters. Infants! In order to increase their marriage eligibility and emphasize their wealth. Could you imagine how hard it was to fucking walk? No, I can't. Not at all. I, I truly can't. And that especially so painful. especially seeing the pictures that I saw. I, I'm going to do myself a favor and not Don't look, look at it. it. You don't want to see that image. In, you don't want that image in your head. It's, nope. it's so upsetting. And... I, And what's really sad is what I thought of, you know, I mean, how we all kind of get this way, like when we get in a new relationship and you want to always be clean and you always want to be shaved and you always want to look a certain way and like, oh, don't let him see you without makeup and all that shit. Like, think about how your feet looked. Did you leave your socks on all the time? Like, because the fact was that your feet looked small and cute in these shoes. So like... You, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, uh, I I don't know. Maybe we'll get to it in this, but I, I, that's all I could think of was just like, oh. Yikes. Yeah. Back then, to bind a girl's feet was to remove her from the workforce and all. But, and well, all, yeah. wait, was to remove her from the workforce and all but require another to take care of her for the rest of her life. Yes. So it took her power. Yeah. But beyond that, the men of China found small feet so intensely erotic that female foot binding all but guaranteed that she would be married. I'm guessing they kept their feet covered. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe it got them going. It was also sort of revol- it was also sort of revolutionary as it was one of the few avenues anywhere for a woman to exercise upward social <clears throat> <coughs> Sorry, I'll take that again. Sorry. <clears throat> it was also sort of revolutionary as it was one of the few avenues anywhere for a woman to exercise upward social mobility. So women were so down below. Mm-hmm. Like I mean China, we all know there's like the one kid rule. I don't think that's um, an effect anymore. Is it not? I don't think so. It's still, in a lot of Asian cultures, it's still much more desirable to have a, a boy. 
Um, I know at one point it was illegal to find out what the sex of your kid was. Yeah, because, because people, people would them. abort their babies, um, would abort all the females and things like that. So um, I don't know if that's still in effect, but I know that that happened at one point. But it abort was or kill part them. Of it. Um, the one child policy was part of their policies. It um, ended in 2015. But you see what I'm saying? Like m- men in Asian cultures generally are much more desirable to have as kids mm-hmm. than, than women. And, and women were so second class, so much more second class. Yeah. Which is um, why a lot of Chinese men end up being gay if they are living in that country, because there was such a long time where it was so desirable to only have men mm-hmm. and they can't, populate with all the women because there aren't enough women exactly that's why they're seeing a surge in gay men like not not exactly why but it is a big part of it it's a part of it but like effective from january 2016 what else are you gonna do yeah Yeah. effective from january 2016 they can now have two children that's awesome yeah so but um you had no other power, especially if your feet were bound like that. You couldn't be a worker. You couldn't do anything except marry someone who could take care of you. Mm-hmm. And the hi- the more desirable you were, the better you would marry. Yeah. That, however, was one of the few, if any, uplifting, quote-unquote, uplifting facets in, <laughs> li- in the life of a woman with bound feet. The binding was so tight that often it would cut off circulation, resulting in gangrene. At the time, though, this was seen as fortuitous, as gangrenous toes would eventually fall off and make the foot even smaller. Life-threatening hazards aside, the practice remained effectively unquestioned until the late 19th century, when an unholy trinity of Christians, feminists, and social Darwinists combined their many varied objections to sway public opinion towards forbidding the practice. It was outlawed in what year, do you think? 1949. Yes. Seriously? Yes. Oh my god. Did I you look that right. up? No. I promise you I didn't. Yeah, 1949. Yep. Oh my god. Yep. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, well, I'm all, I was also thinking they weren't open. Like World War II yeah. and, yeah. They, well, China didn't open to the rest of the world mm-hmm. until, like, the 1900s, at least. Yeah. Don't cut yourselves off, y'all. <laughs> it's not great. Well, you know what? It was kind of smart. I'm kind of, but was it <laughs> also? <laughs> well, they, they also weren't super invaded. No, they invaded. They, they did the invaded. They were not invaded. Right, but no. they did the invading. Yeah. And there were also a lot of other things. That were not great. That weren't great. Like. Like, you know, not valuing human life. And, well, yes, you know, I, like there's saying, a lot of things that weren't great about isolating themselves. <laughs> I'm not saying that it was good, but I, I don't know. But that wall is very high and people yeah. couldn't get in. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. So next, you ready for the, uh renaissance version of this yeah i mean i guess i had never heard of this oh and it is also to do with shoes oh no and i'm gonna need you to come look at this picture here in a second Oh, because it's where's voldemort it's hilarious Kay. Kay, it's not gross it's a shoe okay it's hilarious Okay. okay number six 
I don't know how you say this, but I think it's chopines. Chopines? Hang on. Wait. Wait. I'll tell you when. While platform shoes were the most ex- were some of the most extravagant fashion statements of disco. Oh, here we artificial go. Artificial lengtheners have been in and out of style since the Renaissance. Before high heels arrived on the scene, affluent women propped themselves up on wooden choppings. Choppings? Chopin? I don't know. Chop chopines is what we're going to call chopines. I don't know. By the looks of it, the chopin was a beginner's practice stilt. <laughs> oh, of course. But in reality, they were strapped on to keep garments from getting muddy. That's smart. I mean, you could also make your dress shorter. Mm-hmm. Come look. Ooh. Look at that. They're three feet tall. Oh, my God. Those women were very tall. Uh, yeah. That's insane. So they first appeared as a fashionable shoe in Venice at a fairly modest size and soon became a must-have item among affluent women. (laughs) Um, It wasn't long before wealthier women had their chopines lengthened by a whole feet. Oh my god. To distance themselves from the dirt and highlight their elevated socioeconomic class. Oh my god. Chopines became decadently designed, adorned in silk and engraved with intricate patterns as if literally propping oneself up a few feet above mere mortals were <laughs> lacking in proper metaphor. Oh my god. They were so identifiable as a status symbol that Shakespeare even made a reference to them in Hamlet, where, no. where with mocking praise, the play's protagonist uttered, Your ladyship is nearer to heaven than when I saw you last by the altitude of a chopine. Oh my god! As impractical as a three-foot platform shoe may seem, and is, chopines <laughs> remained popular throughout the Renaissance until a rejected until a rejected man's shoe, a re- regular flat with an elevated heel, offered the same social smugness without requiring the wearer to awkwardly stomp about. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's awesome. Very the interesting. End. <laughs> All right, ready for a break? Yeah. Okay. We're back. Back to this fun topic. Yay! So I found this article from Time. Okay. And it spoke to me so much that I wanted to share some bits from it. Okay. And I do encourage you guys to go read this. Again, it'll be linked in our sources. It's done amazingly. It kind of goes through size eight through every different big retailer. What? Like the size eight, uh-huh. like what a normal size eight should be, uh-huh. and what it is through every different retailer. Oh, nice! Because like nothing is standardized as no. far as like women's sizes. It's absolute bullshit. Yeah. So, like when I was in high school, I was a size zero, mm-hmm. and I went into Hollister, and I was a size five. Yep, that's a huge jump. And I was like, 
I am ne- thankfully I had a, I was secure enough in myself. Like mm-hmm. I, I wasn't a size zero because I had an eating disorder or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's just the size that I was. And yeah, I walked in and said, "This is an issue," and never shopped there again. Yeah, and also it's way too fucking expensive. It's expensive and it makes you feel fat. Why would anyone pay for that experience? Yeah, it's not worth that seagull fucking embroidery on your polo shirt or whatever to no no it's not and it's so dark you can't see what you're buying exactly and it's it reeks of cologne but whatever (laughs) so uh this article is titled inside the fight to take back the fitting room nice it's written by elena doctorman sure doctorman yeah i believe you (laughs) (laughs) so she starts uh, again these are all her words I have always hated fitting rooms. Me Preach. too. I've cried in way too many. Bathing suit shopping is so fucking hard. Yes. That's why I haven't done it in years. Yeah. My mom has given me a lot of the bathing suits that I have because like she got them and they didn't fit. So she gave them to me. I haven't been actual shopping since I was probably in eighth grade. We should, I hope we can get a mod cloth sponsorship so you can get a, a super hot high-waisted bikini. I think I would like that. Because you could rock that. I also want to try a tankini. Yeah. Those are cute. Yeah. Um, It's not just that I hate the mirrors meant to trick me into thinking I'm skinnier, or the curtains that never close all the way so strangers can glimpse me trying to squirm into too tight jeans. Yeah, that's not cool. No. What I really hate is why I have to go to fitting rooms in the first place. To see if I've distilled my unique body shape down to one magic number, knowing full well that I probably won't be right. And it definitely won't be magic. I hate that I'm embarrassed to ask a salesperson. And what is, what's a six at one store is an eight somewhere else mm-hmm. or a four somewhere else. Even, yeah. Or a 12 somewhere else. Like, mm-hmm. it's so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like, my male coworkers, they'll look at women's sizes and they call me over and they're like, what does this mean? Because yeah. men's stuff is based on their actual fucking measurements. And that's what it should be based on. Yeah, it's your inseam and your waist size. Mm-hmm. For their pants yeah. and stuff. Not an irrational number pulled out of some fashion designer's asshole. Yep. And it's different on every fashion designer. Every single time. Everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. So, like... At one place that's a little more high-end, because rich women like to feel thin, I might be a size 4 still. Mm-hmm. But when I go to Walmart, I'm a size 8. Yep. You know? Like, I know those are small numbers for, like, the majority. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but still, no, it's still. But it's insane. Yeah. How am I it's supposed to know? It's still a problem. And how... How am I supposed to fucking shop online? Yeah. Especially at places where, like, exchanges We're gonna get into are it. not a thing. We're and gonna get yeah, into it. Yeah, it's just... Mm-hmm. It's just absurd. Yep. And then those size charts aren't accurate and just, ugh. No. I hate that I'm embarrassed to ask a salesperson for help as if it's somehow my fault that I'm not short or tall or curvy or skinny enough to match an industry standard. I hate that it feels like nothing fits. Yeah. And I'm not alone. What's your size has always been a loaded question, but it has <laughs> become virtually impossible to answer in recent years. The rise of so-called vanity sizing has rendered most labels meaningless. Yes. As Americans have grown physically larger. So then, sorry, I know I'm derailing you, but like, but so then like when we talk about how much weight we've lost and like mm-hmm. the dieting that we're doing to try to be healthier as yeah. people, by the way, not to be like 
thin for men or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Like we're trying to be healthier. Yeah. Both of us. And then we say like, you, you say stuff like, oh, I've, I've dropped four pant sizes. And it's like, but in what realm? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, maybe you dropped 10 to some designer and for another you've dropped one one or you've gone up one like you know what i'm saying like you just it's it's absurd yeah in some places they use even numbers in some places they use odd numbers like Mm -hmm. kohl's uses odd numbers yeah it's just what and you're tricked into thinking that's somehow a better fit it's It's not. not it's not no it's so fucking stressful. I actually hate shopping now. I do too. Clothes shopping. I do. Literally, it, I have Unless it's the athleisure section of Walmart because I know my size there and I will find something comfy. <laughs> I haven't actually gone clothes shopping since January. Woo! Oh, you need a sweater. All the clothes that I have gotten this year have been from my mom. Who got them online and they were too to big f- for her and she gave them to me. Well, to be fair, though, you're still losing weight and yeah. stuff like that. So, like, I don't blame you because, yeah. like, you've been on Weight Watchers for, like, a year now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. So, it makes sense that you haven't bought anything because yeah. you've been shrinking and changing. Like, yeah. And I don't want to buy anything, anything until I'm at my goal weight. Yeah. Like, I haven't bought any jeans. Like, I desperately need a new pair of really good, like, high-waisted jeans. Mm-hmm. But I won't do it because I don't know... Like, I just started a new diet plan. So, like, I don't know what size I'm going to be. I don't know what size I am now. And you're also trying to get pregnant. And I'm trying to get pregnant. So, it's like, I... uh, On the one hand, I'm like, well, like, I need need to lose weight and get a new good pair of jeans. And then on the other hand, it's like, well, what the fuck's the point? I'm probably going to be this size after the kid comes. Mm -hmm. And who knows when I'll have time to diet. Yeah. You know what I'm... Like, after. So, it's like, well, no, just go get them. Because there's a pair of jeans that have popped up on my Facebook. (laughs) from american eagle american eagle have the best jeans they're uh, yes and they're ultra Mm high-waisted and they're army green and they have like like cargo pant pockets all over them and they're skinny jeans at the same time and they're so fucking cool and i want them so bad but i don't know my size i don't know my size and i don't live near an american eagle so they might have a size chart online i'll have to make a trip but I don't know. I'm trying to talk myself into them. They've been like discounted because it's, you know, sale time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, right. continue. That's just my own inner, stru- inner struggle. It's okay. Um, it's always been a loaded question. What's your size? But it has become virtually impossible. Blah, blah, blah. As Americans have grown physically larger, brands have shifted their metrics to make shoppers feel skinnier. Right? So much so that a See? woman's. Yep. So much so that a woman size 12 in 1958 is now a size 6. Whoa! And she has this amazing chart that, like, goes into, like, all the different um, brands and, like, what their size 8 is. But then she's also got a chart on the other side of the page that's, like, going through a size 8 and all these years you know what though like in the 50s women were so skinny Mm -hmm. they were at home you ate like a cracker yeah like it was your job to stay thin and sexy to keep your husband kind of thing not for everyone of course but generally speaking that was a time of of lots of crash dieting and 
and standing in front of the TV with that weird thing that rubbed your love handles and like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it was, whew, yep. put on your heels and your dress and, and scrub the floor. Yep. Times. Um, those numbers are even more confusing given that a pair of size six jeans can vary in the waistband by as much as six inches, according to one estimate. Yes. They're also discriminatory. 67% of American women wear a size 14 or above, and most stores don't carry those numbers, however arbitrary they may be. I agree. Yep. Insanity. that. Yep. Insanity sizing. <laughs> as Sorry, um, we only carry sizes one, three, and five. You can try Sears. <laughs> God. Sorry. Um, That's another little Mean Girls reference. Yeah. <laughs> Insanity sizing, as some have dubbed this trend, is frustrating enough for shoppers who try on clothes in stores. But now that $240 billion worth of apparel is purchased online each year, it has become a source of epic wastefulness. Yeah. Customers return an estimated 40% of what they buy online, mostly because of sizing issues. That's a hassle for shoppers and a costly nightmare for retailers who yes. now spend billions covering free returns. Yes. And um, this is a quote from Melissa McCarthy, who's amazing. I love Melissa McCarthy. And she's now a designer. I know. I'm so and, proud of her. Yeah. She says, if I have a friend who is a size six, we can't go shopping together. They literally segregate us. Yeah. They do. There's a plus size and the regular size. Yep. There's And petite, normally a 14 is yeah. in the plus size. Yep. Um, clearly, modern fashion has a fit problem. And while it does affect men whose shirts and G's jeans rarely bear honest measurements it's a much more sweeping issue for women not just because we have more clothing options but also because we are more closely scrutinized for what we wear yes when we get married or interview for a job or play professional sports or run for president of the united states we encounter a whole set of standards and expectations it's all about what is she wearing mm -hmm. not what is she saying no uh, we can be shamed for an outfit that's too slutty, too dowdy, too pricey. Take your pick. That's the burden women carry into the fitting room. And when we can't find clothes that fit, let alone clothes we like, it can be infuriating. Yes. And uh, she goes on to talk about how it's an emotional roller coaster. Yes. And um, shoppers... The last time I went bathing suit shopping, I left really upset. Mm-hmm really upset and it was not even for the reasons you would think it's because um at the store I was I was shopping at which has my favorite bathing suit selection it was mm -hmm. a department store you know mm -hmm. of, of a, ch a chain that is nationwide worldwide yeah. even it was a big chain and it wasn't Walmart but um you know a step up and um because I'm not fancy but they had, like, regular adult sizes mixed in with junior sizes. And there's nothing that distinguishes the two. And no. so I was grabbing what size I thought I was. And then one was super tight and tiny. And where another one was not. That was, quote, unquote, the same size. Because yeah. one was juniors and one was, like, adult. Mm -hmm. And so... I don't know. It was just really confusing and really upsetting. And like one of them was like a size eight or something like that. And I like oh could goodness. barely fit into it. And I was just like me who's always 
and like just to clarify like i've always been a size like two to four Mm -hmm. and then like barely being able to fit into an eight i mean i i was on the floor yeah you know it it was it was so awful (laughs) yeah and like it makes us like we feel like we're defined by a number yeah and i hate that uh, but because that's exactly how I felt. I was just like, oh, my God, what is the matter with thee? And here, I, you know, mm-hmm. they'd opened a pizza place next to us at work. Like, what yeah. was I, you know? And so many other things. I was in a different transition of life and mm-hmm. moved and so many things that happened. Like, I yeah. should have been fine. I was at a new store where I was sitting a lot more, you know? Mm-hmm. It just, there were so many factors. Yeah. And I wasn't exercising like I should because I was depressed. And it just, it hit me all at once, you know? Mm-hmm. And just, ugh, it was terrible. Yeah. Um. So now shoppers are pushing back. And this hits on what I want to I really get into that. today. Um, they're turning away from stores like Victoria's Secret that market a single way to be sexy. Ooh. So, um, the, if you guys don't know, the 2019 Victoria's Secret, uh, fashion show got canceled. Yeah, I did not know that. Um, and. Why is that? Well, we'll talk about it because there's. everything. There is a new lingerie brand. That has taken America by storm. Yes. And instead of doing a televised fashion show, they did it through Amazon Prime and got like 200 million viewers. One of my favorite influencers is also a model for this brand. She is very plus size and she looks gorgeous in this stuff. What's the brand? Uh, I'll tell you. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's by Rihanna. It's called Savage <gasps> X Fenty. Yes, Fenty? I have seen her in that stuff. Yes, and it fits her like a glove. And, and then it there's looks a, good. Yes, and then there's another. She doesn't look like a fat girl shoved into lingerie. No, with like with anything spilling out or anything. Like it no. is very flattering. Yeah, it fits her very well. Yes. And then there's another influencer that's actually friends with her uh, that is also a model for Savage X Fenty. And she's a stick. And it looks gorgeous on her. Yes. I love that. I love that. Because that, yeah. is, that is a big problem with Victoria's Secret. Like, Victoria's Secret has some great stuff. I'm not going to shit on Victoria's Secret. Yeah, no. But, you know... Some of their stuff is a little too strappy. Some of it's a little too, you know, it's always shown on someone who's stick stick skinny. Mm -hmm. And as someone who's been stick skinny, even as someone who's been, who has been stick skinny for most of her life, I can tell you that I recognized that as a problem. Yeah. Early on. And I also, now as someone who isn't necessarily stick skinny and is more curvy, that's upsetting to see, to look mm-hmm. through and say, well, it won't look good on me. Yeah. Especially the really cute strappy stuff. I know. And it's like, so I, cute. I go in there and I see lingerie that I really want. Like, not necessarily even for anyone else. I want to wear it so that I feel sexy. So that you feel, yes. And I so can't. So that you feel hot under your, like, button up or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I, I wouldn't feel good about it. 
One of my favorite books by one of my favorite authors. Um, It's called How to Sleep with a Naked Werewolf or something. What? It's by um, it's by a Kentucky author. How to Sleep with a Naked Werewolf? Yeah, it's um, it's by a Kentucky author. Oh goodness, hold on real quick because this is gonna drive me nuts. It's fine. I'm just coloring in a thousand gold plates in the Great Hall. <laughs> um, oh, it's How to Flirt with a Naked Werewolf. Okay. It's by it's by Molly Harper. Oh yes. And okay. the main character, um one her her thing that's just like for her alone is that she loves lingerie. Yeah. And she has a shit ton of it. Like she buys it for herself all the time and it's just for her. And like I, I love that. I thought that was really cool. But like I as a person who's been on the heavy side most of her life. Yeah. I haven't ever felt comfortable in bras and panties. I have only just recently gotten to a point where I felt comfortable and like yeah. felt and there's pretty. Pa- there's power in that though. Yeah. Like there's power in feeling like you're in your battle armor or just l- being able to put something on like that. Look at yourself and find something positive to say. Yeah. Like there's a lot of power and therapy in that. Mm-hmm. Besides looking at yourself saying i look super hot and then putting clothes on on top of that because it's also comfortable Mm. that's huge too and then being able to know like it's fine i've got my battle armor on under this yeah wearing makeup you know yeah and like i like not doing it for other people doing it so you feel good about yourself Mm -hmm. and because you know it gives you power yeah and i think it's war paint you know yeah yeah (laughs) i think for my next when I hit my next goal weight, um, I'm actually going to buy some of this Savage X Finney yes. stuff. Just because that would be That would be good so for fun. Me. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It'd be good for your mental health and it'll make you feel good. And everybody needs a good set of underwear. So. Yeah. <laughs> so the rest good of this. support and all of that. Yeah. The rest of this is pulled from um, People.com and Forbes um, just to put those out there and all of these are by female authors nice. which is great um so just to talk a little bit about why the fashion show was canceled and why they now um they're who I can't is believe it? it was canceled that's crazy well it's like a big fashion event of the year well um it's kind of the fault of their former chief marketing officer oh that's not a seat that you want to be in when you fucked up this bad. Oh, no. What happened? Um. Well, I'll tell you. Tell me. So. Um, I asked. Tell me. <laughs> so, um, they, this article starts, um, the news of the cancellation comes after the CEO of L Brands. I've worked for L Brands, not the best place to work. Oh, great. Um, the parent company of Victoria's Secret stated that network television wasn't the right fit for the annual runway show and amid ongoing controversy about the lack of body diversity on the runway. Hmm. Oh, they're in hot water. As timing over the years shifted over the years in terms of the airing the fashion there, show. I just want to say something real fast. Mm-hmm. Do you know like what it takes to be a Victoria's Secret model. Yes. It's fucking intense. It's really crazy intense. Mm-hmm. Those poor girls. 
I mean, the standards that they are held to in their mm-hmm. contracts. Mm-hmm. Poor Heidi Klum, like, after she had a kid, was back out there after, like, a few months and yeah. had to, like, diet and train after post-giving birth. I think she has mm-hmm. two kids, actually, mm-hmm. like, with her husband. Like, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. The diet that they have to adhere to, the amount of exercise that they have to do to stay in shape constantly it's unattainably crazy Mm -hmm. and on top of that they're still fucking retouched yeah it's insane it's absolutely insane Mm -hmm. and then for this they're airbrushed and you know yeah made up head to toe literally because they're naked pretty much and it these poor women. Like, yeah. I mean, this would benefit them, too. This mm-hmm. shift would benefit them, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would. So that they could be their own selves. Like, if you want to work out that much and you can afford to, more power to you. Mm-hmm. Not shitting on you. To keep that in someone's job contract and to hold them to that kind, to this kind of standard to where they have to spend a lot of money on trainers and things like that mm-hmm. and can only eat, like, fucking carrots. Are you kidding? Yeah. Of course they can eat more than that, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It It's fucking hardcore. Yep. <laughs> just yeah. wanted to give the models a little bit of credit for just a second cuz it's Well, insane. I'm not like I'm not bashing no, no, on the models. No, you're not shitting on the models no. at all. We're not sh- I just wanted to make that clear. We're not yeah. shitting on the models mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I have so much respect for Victoria's Secret models. Yeah. I don't know if anyone remembers a few years ago when um, on Facebook, like Facebook went crazy with the Victoria's Secret model diet and exercise regime. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Uh, I'm skipping all that. So just an important quote from this. Fashion is a business of change. We must evolve and change to grow. With that in mind, we have decided to rethink the traditional Victoria's Secret fashion show. Um, In 2019 and beyond, we're focusing on developing exciting and dynamic content in a kind of event delivered to our customers on platforms that she's glued to and in ways that will push the boundaries in the global digital age. But... Uh, they've been on the cent- they've been at the center of controversy for not embracing models of all sizes and backgrounds on its runway. Yes. In 2018, former chief marketing officer Ed Razik faced backlash after telling Vogue that the brand would not hire trans or curvy models for the <gasps> annual Victoria's Secret fashion show. And I deleted his quote because it was super fucking hateful, and I don't feel comfortable repeating it. Wow. If you all want to go look at his quote, it is quoted in this article. I'm not going to say it because it's hateful. It's awful. And I'm surprised he wasn't fucking fired. Oh, Um, wow. So he, um, I'm sure that's part of the reason they canceled it because they knew they weren't going to get the ratings that they needed to get. And he uh, stepped down from his post in August 2019. He stepped down? That means the board forced him to. Yep. That means the board said, you should retire. You should retire before we fire you. Before we have you escorted out. Yep. So I found this other article. And um, this is the last bit that I'm going to talk about. Um, So it's titled... Rihanna helped kill Victoria's Secret fashion show business. Ah! This is 
written by Corey Hale. Brianna is a queen. She is. She's wonderful. Um, if you all, I was listening to um, Wine and Crime today. I was listening to their first episode of Gossip at the Corpse Cart. Yes. And they were talking about how Rihanna made a social media post about this girl who had been trafficked and was in prison for killing the person that was raping her when she was a child. Yep. And um, it oh, just... Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, it's... And then it drummed up enough publicity that people investigated it more and people were vocal about it and mm-hmm. it made a fucking difference. She's it amazing. Did. I love Rihanna. She is. And, like, she's she's just got so much fucking power. Yeah, she Especially does. as a person who um, was a victim to horrific abuse yep. at the hands of Chris Brown and still has to face him because somehow he's still popular in music i don't know how i don't know how either i thought he was insignificant he died to me yeah i used to think he was so fucking hot i know and so talented immediately as soon as that came out i immediately stopped listening to anything he ever produced and Mm -hmm. i mean just i mean that's also like you and me are both attracted to people's souls he's immediately not attractive to me anymore yeah no a hundred like a as soon as I heard, it was like a guillotine, cut it off. Mm-hmm. Like, nope. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you don't fucking do that. Nope, sorry. You don't do that to someone you quote unquote love. No, especially not someone as beautiful and powerful as Riri. Exactly. You leave her be. She is a queen. <laughs> um, but she, ha- she has managed, in 2009, um, she was broke. 2019, she has made a business that has gotten her over $600 million. Wow. And that's just this clothing line of lingerie because it works for everyone. Yes, exactly. When Um, it fits everyone, you make more money because everyone can buy it. mm Mm-hmm. So, um... She's so fucking smart. I love her. I know. Uh... Rihanna's, Did you see her in Oceans? I have that. I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to. She's in it. I know. I'm she's so. She's the hacker, got, and she's so good. She's got big old long dreads and a Rastafarian hat oh, on. Yeah. She's so funny. She smokes the biggest blunt I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's so good. She's uh, hilarious. So um, and this- beautiful. Good God. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, So this talks about how um, Victoria's Secret is kind of struggling to stay relevant. Um, They've had a huge dip in the viewers that have been watching their fashion shows. They've had, um, they've taken a hit because people aren't buying their shit anymore. Because it's overpriced. Exactly. I will say this though, their PJs are phenomenal. But... And this They're is the, like $100. But this is also, well, yeah, but this is also the first year that I haven't been tempted. Yeah. Usually I am on that Victoria. I love new PJs for Christmas. It's mm-hmm. like one of my favorite things of all time. Mm-hmm. And usually I get a thing. I get a catalog and I see all their, their PJs and their slippers. And this year, I don't care. Yeah. Mostly because I have me undies, but... <laughs> So, um, I got my, my, uh, my black ones for like $40. Oh, wow. Because I have my member discount on top of the mm-hmm. like 40% off discount. Oh, so. nice. Yay. <laughs> uh, so 
in September, they um, Rihanna was still trying to raise money to get this going. Um, they raised $50 million. Whoa. To continue funding its mission of inclusive lingerie through great products and fashion shows. Um, Culture Banks noted both of which are currently missing from Victoria's Secret. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so, instead of going to the dinosaur route of putting her Savage X Finney brand's second annual runway show on TV, like the now-deceased Victoria's Secret show, <laughs> she took her talents to Amazon Prime Video. The cool and hip lingerie show is available to 100 million Prime subscribers in more than 200 countries. And we can probably watch it whenever we want. Yeah, probably. It featured women of all shapes and sizes, with racially diverse models who represented nearly all the shades offered by Rihanna's Fenty makeup line. That's amazing. Her beauty brand generated $558 million in its full first year in operation. I love her. I know, me too. <laughs> um, oh, she's just so fucking smart. Like, of course, you make it all inclusive. You make everyone feel like they can relate. You make everyone feel like they can look good in it. And then everyone buys your shit. Yeah. Exactly. You reach out to social media influencers. You get them to wear your brand. Because all of them can wear it. Exactly. And And it's comfortable. And good in it. And it's comfortable. Yeah. Nothing's pinching you. Nothing feels like it's cutting your butthole in half. I gotta show you the other girl that I've started following that's actually friends with Loie. Who is fucking gorgeous and she's kind of nerdy. Her in this clothing line, oh my god. Like, it, she looks attainable. Oh, wow. Um, let me see. But, uh, oh, you want to hear more from our dearly departed Ed Razik? Yes. Uh, he told Vogue last year that the show is a fantasy, and essentially people don't have any interest in a TV special for plus sizes. Wow. Mm-hmm. And well, he can eat an apple filled with razor blades. Mm-hmm. And, con- and suck my dick. Yep. In contrast to that, <laughs> the international pop icon told the same publication in May 2018, women should be wearing lingerie for their damn selves. Yes. She also Yes! <laughs> yeah. She also added, I can only hope to encourage confidence and strength by showing lingerie in another light. I love it. Uh, oh, and their brand, their first brand ambassador was actually uh, singer Normani. And um, she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but... <laughs> so, yeah, Victoria's Secret had to lay off 15% of its employees <laughs> because their sales have gone down so much. And because they put their faith in an asshole. Yeah. And that sucks that they had to lay off that amount of people because one guy had had his head up his ass. Look at how pretty she is in that. That's Savage X Finney. I love those bras that come down low like that. I do too. Like long. They're like bustiers but not bustiers. Mm-hmm. You know, I want one like that real bad. I know. Me too. And she's just, she's so cute. That's lingerie you can wear under your clothes. Yeah. It's something that you'll feel comfortable in. Yes. And. It's um, not a Halloween costume. No, not at all. 
And I just, I wanted to talk. I've, I've been wanting to talk. I've never watched the Victoria's Secret fashion show in my life because I just have no interest in watching a bunch of stick figures. Me either. Who I know are oppressed. That I know. was Lowy at the fashion them. show. Yeah, I've, I've seen I've I've seen her posts. She looked gorgeous. I really want and I saw to... the post she did today. But yeah. I have never had any interest in watching that fashion show because I don't want to watch a bunch of people that will make me feel depressed because I know how hard they work mm-hmm. and I know how miserable they are. Yeah. And I mean, sure, like they're paid really well, but it's like, yeah, you're paid really well and you can only eat celery. Great. Mm-hmm. And work out all the time because it's. It's just so hard. Like, yeah. the standard that you then place on yourself. Like, I, I know that they have great lives or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's like, what? It just depresses me. And then they're basically dressed up and they've just got, like, wings on with underwear. And it's like, well, okay, so everyone looks like that. Yeah. Oh, look, a new bra. Like. I, I don't know. Like, I just don't get it. Yeah. And it makes me like, it's like, okay, like, I want that, but I won't look like that in it. Yeah, what's the point? What's the point? If you're only going to make it for that body size and that gender. Unless I'm a weird dude who wants spank bank material. I'm not watching that. Yeah. Like, if you're just going to make it for that size and that gender and that race. Exactly. What's the point? So, I just, I really have been wanting to talk about her brand for a very long time. And it's just so cool to see that. Something so inclusive. Yes. Canceled the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show. I love it. That's so cool. I actually really want to reach out and see if we can get a sponsorship Mm -hmm. from them. Because I think that would be awesome. That would be amazing. We got to grow our listenership, though. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. But just like on down the line. Yes. That would be amazing. Because I would totally model some underwear for them. Yeah, me too. I would totally model some underwear for me undies. <laughs> I wish we could. We, I really wish we could take a picture of us recording in our like little me undies get ups. Oh, but yeah. it would have to be topless because that's the only way they do it. Yeah, is in your bra and pants. Yeah, and we would have to either use a timer or have someone take the picture. So. Give me a couple. Of yeah, I know. I was to gonna say. <laughs> and then if I you can look do at their it. pick, if you look at their ads, it's all very inclusive, size wise. Yeah. It's easier said than done, isn't it? Yeah. You're still doing it to yourself. Uh, all right, I think it's my turn. Yeah, it is your turn. Okay, you guys ready for a game? Okay, so. Oh no! What did you draw? I'm excited. Okay, so this is our game called drunk, uh, By Drunks Under Stupids called If You Had To. So it's basically Would You Rather, and it is my turn to go first. Mm-hmm. So would you rather. Um, all right, you ready? Yep. You're a meter maid. Oh, wait. I've already done this one. Never mind. Hang on. Let me draw it. <laughs> Let me draw another one. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's snowing in your house all the time. Ooh. Or. This is not timely. Okay. Elderly people seek you out in order to die in front of you. 
you know, I would so much rather have that happen than be wet all the time. Yeah. I can't stand being cold and wet. I would so <laughs> much rather watch an elderly person die. And I know that's terrible, but oh my god. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to assume in that instance that it's their time. Yep. And I can help them cross over peacefully. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to assume that because I would so I would rather do I I would pick just about anything over being cold and wet all the time. Yeah, that fair. Oh god, I was just thinking like, oh my god, I have to go to bed. Like <laughs> No. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, thank you guys so so much for listening. Uh we forgot to plug her at the top, but definitely go check out the Lexington Bookie. She was our guest um a couple weeks ago and she's amazing. So definitely head on over to her Instagram, check her out on her blog. Um you can see all kinds of really awesome posts that she's made for reading selections that go along with all of our episode topics, which is really cool. Um, and she, we're definitely going to have her on again because she was yeah. just so much fun. So um, definitely do that. Um, leave us a five-star review so we can enter you into a drawing to win a free poster. Mm-hmm. And head on over to our Patreon. Because yes, we are we have some super fun, cool, creepy topics over there. Be yeah. it ghost stories, be it creeper stories. But basically, even if you don't want to listen to our stories, uh, we can always use a little bit of help, um, especially nowadays. So um, yeah. please give us some t- give us some help. We love you. And even if it's just a dollar, mm-hmm. every little bit helps. Um, and if that's not a great way for you to, to, to support us, then go back and re-listen to everything and don't skip any of our ads. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that's a free way that you can give us uh, give us your support. We get paid for the plays. So um mm-hmm. Definitely do that. Um, We love you so, so much. And definitely remember when you're shopping this holiday season. You are not a monster. Bye, Bye, guys. guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcrooked.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things crooked, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Crooked. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout-out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.